Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to a very special edition of Talking Pitching. Uh, I am Nick Pollock, and joining me today is Houston Astros reliever Andre Scrub. Andre, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk pitching with me. Yeah, no worries. Anytime. Uh, so uh, I, I'm excited to talk to you because of your story you've had. Uh, I believe it was about five, four years ago that you were drafted uh, and you made your debut this year. And I want to go over from the beginning uh, to now. So back in high school, uh, you're at Woodbridge, Virginia in uh, C.D. Hilton High. I believe I pronounced that right. It's a, it's yep, a little yep. Y. I, you never know. And uh, I saw that you hit 395 your senior year. Do you miss hitting at all? Uh, I missed hitting all up until, uh, you know, I got my first AP in low A when we ran out of hitters because uh, of the trade deadline when I was with the Dodgers. And I had to go to the plate, and I was a lefty throwing 5-6, and I couldn't see it. So, yeah, I, I used <laughs> to miss it until, until I got in the box. Then. All right, well, fair enough. I mean, do you remember, like, the first time they threw 90? I know that's a huge moment for everybody, especially when, you know, along the path of the majors. Like when, when you hit 90, it's a huge, huge rush. Um, so I kind of didn't really do the whole perfect game thing or anything like that. So I never really had radar guns. I was always mm-hmm. playing high school. Um, but I remember the first time I hit, uh, 94, I think I was a junior in high school and I just saw a bunch of scouts running to the dugout because I ended up playing in a perfect game tournament. I rode with mm-hmm. my coach Jack Fair cause you know, I couldn't really, you know, my parents didn't have the, the means to get me there. So I went with one of my coaches and I hit 94, and the scouts were losing it. So I guess I went from whatever I was throwing to 94. <laughs> it could have happened uh, anywhere between then. So. Well, it surprises me. I mean, you're throwing 94 as a junior in high school. Uh, you went undrafted and decided to go to High Point University, uh, where you're then drafted in the eighth round your junior year. What was it like in college? Did you feel every single year you're making the decision, do I stay, do I not? There, that's a lot of the, the conversation that we don't have, you know, just about what the process and that decision is like for you to actually say, okay, you know what, I'm going to go to the majors, I'm going to go enter the draft. Uh, how, what was that decision like for you? Uh, luckily, I had a really good head coach, uh, Coach Gazar. You know, he's a father figure to me, really helped me out. And uh, we discussed it, and he knew it was time. I knew it was time. Uh, you know, I, I was started off my junior year really hot, like really hot, like 5-0. And then uh, – wow. Uh, some, some games, you know, you know how pitching works, you know. I think yeah. I had three games with eight earned runs and two innings, so that really juiced up the LDRA. But, uh, you know, we just talked about it. We knew it was time. Uh, I mean, I thought I was going to get a chance at a high school. I, did, I mean, a couple of people said some things, but, you know, uh, on the day I didn't really get a call. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was it was not the hardest decision, you know. I had him behind me and backing me, so it was good. Nice. Well, that's great that you had that support for yourself. Uh, did you? Okay, so you went to the the Cape Cod League as well. You played with the Chatham Anglers, wonderful team, and uh, and then so with the Dodgers, you were also traded uh, on in 2019. 
uh, going to the Astros. Uh, we've heard some funny stories about play- people playing video games and missing the call, for example. I uh, what uh, what was that like for you? Did your coach just pull you aside and let you know? And what was going through your head? So I actually didn't pitch for like a week and a half. Like, I don't know what happened. I was one of the more used relievers on the team, uh, mm-hmm. usually early in bad situations or something. And uh, I woke up. My my wife is there. And I got a miss, miss call and a miss text from uh, the assistant GM, Brandon Gomes. I'm like, all right, this is interesting. And, you know, he let me know. I woke up and, you know, luckily my wife was there and let me know that I was getting traded. Uh, you know, super bittersweet at the time. Ended up being super sweet. Uh, you know, once I got to meet everybody with the Astros. But, you know, I said, you know, Hennessy, Scott Hennessy said his goodbyes. Uh, uh, you know, guys like that. Not, not too many, but it was just enough. And, you know. Frisco, Texas. Yeah, I'll never forget. <laughs> sure. Did you feel that there was a major change in the minor league programs? We have this grand vision that every team is telling um, all the organizations you know, what pitches should be developing and how you should be doing your training. And we know that that's not necessarily the case, especially in the lower stages uh, of the minor leagues. Did you feel there was a major shift going from the farm system of the Dodgers to the Astros? Uh, I would say so. I think it was more of a... Uh, uh, an understanding for the analytics. While the analytics was there and they had a, a good analytical team with the Dodgers, the, the Astros really put it in a different realm. Uh, mm-hmm. My first day with Astros, they, I drove all the way from Frisco back to Tulsa to pack back all the way up to Northwest Arkansas. My first day playing catch, they had me on a Rapsodo machine playing catch. Like, wow. It's, it's just playing catch. Like, you know, yeah. it's little things like that. And they just apply it a lot better. And they, their approach is more, you know, uh, positive. It's more building you up. And some Brent Strom talks about all the time. He said this game's taught by a bunch of people that, you know, are negative. And you just got to be positive. And that positivity mixed with the application of the analytics was, was unbelievable. Oh, I absolutely love that. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. And do you have any uh, memory of, like, the major adjustments that you made? It's always so interesting to hear. Uh, you know, you're reading a story about how all of a sudden, instead of lifting your legs so far, you went down a little bit, and all of a sudden that opened doors for you. Was there any major tweaks that you can remember? Um, well, Brent Strom and the, the analytical team, you know, Drew French, all those guys, uh, AAA pitching coach, uh, Johnson, AA coach, uh, we were all in a meeting in spring training, and basically wanted all my misses to be like Will Harris's misses, which was on the outer half. And the way we did that is I went from the third base side of the rubber to the first base side of the rubber. So that opened up the outer half of the plate. I was missing more over there. My cutter plays more over there. But even mm-hmm. when I missed in, it was an in and you know, so it was, you know, that was something that definitely helped. You know, that, uh, that actually answers a future question because there's some confusion about what you actually throw curveball. We understand, but there is uh, a disagreement about if that is a cutter indeed, or a, a four seamer, do you say they split them up, or is it just one pitch? Um, so I just throw a fastball with natural cut. Uh, mm-hmm. It's usually anywhere from positive one to negative four, I would say, okay. on the on the y axis. So uh, right. you know, I do get a good amount of cut, and when it's cutting good, you'll see me throw that a lot more than the curveball. So it's all depending on the day. Sure. Yeah, that's a yeah. uh, cut fastballs are very interesting, right? Not a straight up cutter. You're just getting a little bit more slight and subtle movement at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember actually talking to Jake Faria, um, and Faria was all about some days the cutter is working, 
and some days it's not. And actually, you know what? That was Ian Post. I should give him proper credit for that. Uh, but that, it's, it's such a weird, finicky thing with cutters, or cut fastballs, I should say. Uh, oh, yeah. And do you, do you have something? I mean, obviously, if you had the answer to this, you could throw it all the time. But what would you say is the main thing that you focus on, at least to get that plus four on that cut as often as you can? Um, honestly, I start my, you know, my catch partner, Brooks Raley, who has a really good cutter slider combo, uh, mm-hmm. in the big leagues right now. Uh, but we start with the clean fuego, getting the, the hand position, seeing the ball come out, trusting it, you know, he'll look at me if the ball doesn't look right, if it's not spinning right, if it's not coming in on the right angle, he'll tell me and I can get that feel right before I pick up a baseball and start throwing it. So I know what I'm looking for. Nice. All right. I love that. Okay. So. This year, you finally got the call. Joe Biagini went on the IL in July. The Astros needed help in their bullpen. You made your debut on July 29th. Uh, walk walk me through finding out and what it was like joining the team. Um, I was in Corpus Christi. Uh, I would, was sitting uh, in the at the field. Yeah, I was at the field. And I was supposed to throw a live, a live bullpen. They're like, oh, we're going to push the live bullpen back. Um. And I was like, okay, and I kind of like didn't think twice about it. And then the next sure. day I get a call saying, hey, just to let you know, don't be excited, but we need you to go to Houston just in case. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right. So I'm packing up my wife. My wife's there. And we're doing everything we can in the car, and we're leaving. we got to make it uh, to Houston. We get in around right. 3, maybe 2.33. Game's at 7. And, you know, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. Didn't hear anything, so I hop in the shower. I'm out to hang out, watch the game with my wife, and then Halfway through the shower, I get a call, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the call every kid waits for, and let me know to get to the field, and you know they're waiting for me, and you know, really good stuff. Andre, it's because you took the shower, yeah, you know, I, because you had to have that. Everyone's had that moment in their life; they're in the middle of the shower, and something major happens. You don't know how exactly to get out properly. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. Was there someone in the uh, in the clubhouse that really brought you under their wing once you arrived? with this team i can't say there was only one uh mm-hmm. anywhere from ryan presley lance mccullers to josh james to michael brantley i mean every every player on this team goes out of their way to make everyone feel welcome uh but if i had to say someone a little more it'd probably be just brantley he's got that big brother vibe so uh sure everyone goes out of their way i mean un- i could not believe how nice these guys are that's great. And you were yeah. saying the you know the minor leagues is different for the Astros, right? They are getting with the Rap Soto. Was there another shift or another real level that hit when you got to the majors of getting even more information and making you feel like, oh, okay, now I can really unlock a few gears here? Uh, they do such a good job of sharing the information that it's right around the same. It's more, I guess, not accessible, but it's more, you know, normal conversation up there uh obviously you're working on beating everyone and getting better so um i mean it's unbelievable they do an unbelievable job on miley's head major so i wouldn't say there's a huge difference i mean that's that's great though uh it's something we've been encouraging so many organizations to be like and and the astros we've been saying for a while have an incredible will do an incredible job when it comes to uh you know development and their farm system and, and yeah, creating excellent pitchers. So it, it doesn't really surprise me to hear this, but it's still, still wonderful as well. Uh, so in your debut, obviously it's not exactly as you imagine it. You know, there's no roar of the crowd. There's no, it, it's, it's kind of normal in a way. I, uh, did you, did you find it hard to get your adrenaline going without 
the fans. I mean, maybe not necessarily the, the debut, but during the season. There was not a single day that I felt like I didn't have adrenaline. Uh, <laughs> especially, you know, my debut is against the Dodgers. You know, I never really, I, at least I don't think I really got a shot over there at uh, showing what I was, you know, able to do. And, uh, you know, it, it that was a lot. You know, I had, I knew they had a righty heavy lineup. Uh, they always told me my curveball would never, you know, really play to righties. So I was ready to get in there. You know, and I walked the first guy. I was a little nervous, and it was a righty. So I was like, "Oh, here we go again." You're allowed. Okay. You're allowed, and Andre. That's okay. Got got the double play. And it was such a just a breath of fresh air, and just they can get out. Big league hitters get out. You can do this. Yeah, so it was awesome. And, and what would you say? Uh, so go, going to your repertoire and really what you're doing in your plan of attack. What is the elevator pitch you would say about how you get batters out on the mound? Uh, if I could just land a curveball. Uh, you know, I get on uh, anywhere from like 18 to 25 inches of uh, vertical break on it. So um, if not more, uh, but it's with that much movement, it's really hard to land. Um, mm-hmm. But if I land that, it makes my heater look like it's 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 hopping and cutting more than it is, you know. Uh, so right. just land that. It's kind of like, uh, I mean, every pitcher's got it. Like Garrett Cole, his fastball. I mean, he's got the best fastball in the game. He gets that going. I mean, every other pitch just looks lights out. So it's kind of like I only have two pitches. So if I can land a curveball, it makes everything else better. And I, w- I would imagine uh, because you have cut action on on that fastball. Uh, so I, I guess I am going to call it a, a four-seamer, like a cut fastball. I, mean, I have to mm-hmm. decide between cutters and, and four-seamers. And I got to tell you, cutters are the hardest ones to figure out. Is it a slider? Is it a four-seamer? Is it cut? It's just it's crazy. Anyway. Or would you say that because of that action, you find yourself doing better against the left-handers and right-handers? Uh, yes, definitely. Because uh, the lefties are seeing it. Say I start down the middle, it goes in. It's getting handled right. late. Uh, but I, honestly, this really depends on the day. Was, we were in Kansas City, and I was having real issues getting my cutter to or fastball to stop going to mm-hmm. the left as much, and it was coming up on the board as a slider. So, I mean, it really depends on the day. And if it's more slidery, which is probably 90 to 92 then I'm going to get righties out. But if it's sure. more hard and short and late, then I'm probably going to get the lefties out more. So then, so lefties, right, you're focusing in or half of the plate, trying to get it up and, and jam them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Love yeah. that. Now, for righties, uh, are you finding yourself trying to go more up and in and start off the plate, come back in and hit that inside corner? Or are you trying to get it down and away uh, to get them leading off and maybe end of the bats out of the zone. Just contact. keeping it out of the middle. You know, I got I got sure. hurt in the playoffs with uh, with a heater down the middle. You know, left the yard pretty quick. Um, but it goes right into their bat path when it's down the middle. Inside, I I'm I'm a, I can I have a little uh, safety there. Outside the same, but it's a little bit. It's not like yeah, right. I have the entire third. I probably have an eighth on the outside, an eighth on the inside, and got to be careful everywhere else. You know, I got up. You know, I do get like 17 inches of vertical uh, hop, they would call it Astros, um, 17 inches, anywhere 15 to 18 going up with the cut. Mm-hmm. So out of the zone, I can usually get away with it, but I got to be, you know, careful. So Yeah, definitely. And yeah. and so you, so you have that curveball. Has that always been the deal with you? Has it been just fastball curveball with you ever since high school? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I fell in love with the pitch in, in high school for sure. Um 
obviously that's why my walk rate's so high through my whole career. It's uh, the curveball landing it, but when I do land it, I mean, it's tough, tough oh, yeah. for you know. So um, yeah, I mean, I I was always had the curveball. I threw it even harder in high school and college, and then I met uh, Cody Allen in college. And we discussed a curveball. I didn't know it was Cody Allen. We spoke for about two hours. <laughs> and, at, you know, at the end of the conversation, he goes, yeah, you know, I'm still playing. I go, okay, who are you playing for? And he goes, Cleveland. I go, oh, where are at? And he's like, oh, in Cleveland. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not in Cleveland. He's like, no, man, I'm Cody Allen. I was like, what? Because, <laughs> like, he was such a nonchalant, such a nice guy. But, you know, spoke about the curveball. So I kind of modeled my curveball after his um, ever since then. So, I mean, yeah, he is a fantastic one. Oh, yeah. I- and is there anything else that you're experimenting with there, uh, change-up wise? Did you? I mean, everyone experiments with a change-up at some point. And were you someone that just could not throw with a ring finger, so they threw away the circle change? Um, so I'm working on a slider. Uh, I threw one last, a couple last year, backed up on the playoffs. I had a strikeout last year with a slider, 88. Is that uh, right? Yeah, I got Nick Ahmed with it, and. Uh, uh, I just, it's one of those things where the cutter and the changeup is in my mind, like for some reason my hand doesn't understand it. So, mm-hmm. but you know, the amount of, you know, uh, the amount of veterans we have on the team, the amount of experience, it's, it's not far away. Uh, these guys know what they're talking about. They know how to teach it. So definitely. I mean, we've yeah. seen Lance McCullers really adapt that changeup. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure uh, that he's showed you a grip or two so far. Oh yeah. Him, Grinky. You got to hear Grinky talk oh, yeah. about his changeup. It's, it'll I would, blow your mind. I would hear Grinky talk about anything, honestly. Oh, yeah. We talk, uh, we talk, man. He's a good dude. Good. Full, full insight for sure. Oh, he's wonderful. Uh, but, uh, but now that we enter the off season here, um, it's a little weird, obviously, given that you didn't throw too much, are you uh, there? There's this huge question that we have about pitchers. Well, how much did they really throw in 2020, and how much are they going to throw in 2021? Because you don't really want to push people too far after not throwing too much in, in a full season. Have you had that conversation with the Astros, and would you be throwing more this offseason to compensate for that? Uh, no, it's more of like a feel thing. Obviously, we played the playoffs, so we got a few extra innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, had a good run, uh, but it's more of like where your body's at. You know, I just started throwing up again or started throwing again, not throwing up again, but, you know, throwing again and, you know, just taking it day by day, getting ready to start touching the mound maybe by late December, if not, you know, mid-January. There's no rush, you know, spring training's February. I'm a reliever. I, I mean, it doesn't take much <laughs> for us to get going. So. Yeah, right. Definitely. Uh, and, and last question I have is uh, what is the one pitch uh, from any at bats or ever since little league until now that really sticks with you the most um one pitch that sticks with me um oof, that's a tough one uh so we got i'd say it was my last out of uh my junior year and the beginning of the conference tournament no it was my sophomore year i had been relieving all year and my coach said, you know, we're going to give you the start in game one. I ended up going my first complete game in college and, you know, 10-plus uh, punchies. It was a good game, man. Uh, it was oh, the first game awesome. in the tournament. So definitely that entire game, that was surreal because, you know, a lot of people doubted me, and that was cool for him to give me a chance there. Oh, that's a great feeling. Yeah, then you get the final out. You shake the hand of the catcher. You get oh, yeah. to be there for that. Oh, 
Mm-hmm. Wonderful feeling. Um, Andre, really, I, I can't thank you enough for, for th- taking the time today to talk talk to me about pitching. I mean, we're all excited for you. It's uh, it's one of those things where you finally got a taste of it, and now we're just ready to see uh, you grow inside of the majors for years to come now. So good luck, and yeah, we're all going to be rooting for you. All right, thank you very much.